would be important to get um, some feedback from um, a young lady who's out teaching Bible studies and doing the work of God, um, not just here at our local church at East Bay, but uh, she's also been teaching a lot of Bible studies the last probably year now, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to get a perspective because um, sometimes um, things do change as you go from uh, guys to girls. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Leah, for those who don't know you. Uh, just, yeah, just tell us where you're at, where you come from, all that good stuff. It's fine. Uh, so I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. Um, Primarily gone to church in the Bay Area, um, educated here in the Bay, went to St. Mary's College, and then got my uh, Juris Doctorate from Golden Gate University. Um, for the most part, lived in the Bay, did short-term contracts in D.C. and in Paris, um, and studied in Ireland. Um, but I work in San Francisco currently, um, been working in my position for five years. I do white-collar crime, embezzlement, and frauds of healthcare <laughs> provisions. All right. So, I know, I know, we, I know, we just interviewed Dwayne Uzzle and Cornelius Williams. Yes. So you know, Brother Prado and I thought this would be a great interview because there's not a lot that I know of, of young women out there teaching Bible studies, and there there needs to be more. So hopefully, we can ask you questions that also may resonate with other young ladies who want to teach Bible studies. So you teach Sunday school, right? I yes. do teach Sunday school. Okay. So, what well, she's our Sunday school director. Director, so she, yeah. Okay, but she does teach Sunday school as well. In addition to that, she's doing the Bible studies. So tell us how that goes for you, as far as like what what do you think is specific to your life, um, in, in in your particular, like the you know your your work life balance. How does your week go with Bible studies? What does that look like for you as a young working woman? Right. So I you know I have a very stressful commute. My commute is two and a half, two hours round trip every day. Um, so, and then I have a stressful career. So I only have a couple nights a week that I have free. Okay. We have midweek, we have our own Bible studies. Um, we have various church events. So I try to free up at least one night a week and then one lunchtime during the week. Um, so you teach a Bible study during work? During work, on, your be- lunch. on my lunch, because I have a Bible study. One is in, um, in the um, South Bay, and then another one is in the East Bay. And both of their schedules are, they change, right? They're very flexible. So in turn, I, my schedule has to be flexible as well. So, I mean, each of my Bible studies lasts about an hour when you consider teaching and, you know, chatting Dialogue, yeah. and all chatting, that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have about an hour one day a week to free up for to teach Bible studies in the evenings, and then one of my lunch times I try to teach Bible studies. Um, so that's twice a week. So yeah, so this is kind of interesting. Leah came up to me a few days ago, probably about a week ago now, and I'm I'm not sure she has listened to our podcast, so I'm not sure if she stumbled across this uh, at the, on the podcast first, but she she walked into it nonetheless, where she was starting to feel pretty maxed out at two Bible studies a week. That really it, is like that is kind I of the magic, the magic number. number yeah. Obviously, we don't believe in magic. And no, but yeah, but you know, um, we, we did talk about how that um, people should minimize two Bible studies uh, to two Bible studies a week. Minimize yeah. their because, as you said, you do have a stressful job. You have a stressful commute, right? And keeping it at two 
keeps the stress level down and it keeps the quality of the Bible studies up. Right. And then, you know, again, on the weekends, there's always an event at church that we're either hosting or helping with. And then I typically teach Sunday school. So you have to have that time to, you prepare. know, prepare for those lessons as well. Yeah. And that's so I thought I always felt like it was really important for people to know that um, while two may not seem like a big number, it really is if you also try to live by the principle that you serve God through your local church. So right. as she explained, there's also the, the dynamic of serving locally, but then the additional uh, you know, outreach, evangelism effort, whatever that she's doing. It is heavy. Two, two really is yeah. the number to, right. to try to limit. And we even discussed her having to kind of rotate even on those because sometimes they were, she was, you were even doing a few FaceTime ones, correct? Yeah, I mean, right, like uh, la, last week I did one FaceTime and then one in person mm -hmm. because, you know, her schedule was in the middle of the day. She had like, I think she had her from two o'clock to five o'clock free and I have to work during those hours. So I couldn't conceivably, you know, be out in, in that in the South Bay at, at two o'clock or five o'clock. Got it, got it. So I took a late lunch in San Francisco, <laughs> FaceTimed her did a Bible study over FaceTime, and then um, the intention is next week I'll meet in person, or this week, I should Got say. It. So tell us about your students. Because... Right, so currently I'm teaching two Bible studies. Um, one, of the, one of my students is from St. Well, actually, she graduated from Mills College. Um, her best friend was a backslider um, from uh, Mills College as well, but she was originally from a church in San Diego. Um, the backslider prayed back through. Um, and then through connections, whatever, she came back and visited the church in East Bay Bible Fellowship um, and brought her best friend, um, who is my current Bible study now. And so she's a very woke, 20-something-year-old Bay Area woman who really just wants to know what does the Bible say about women, what does it really oppress women, what does it say about equality, what does it say about all wow, these things. Wow, so you things. got the tough one. Yeah, so, but at the same time, she's very open, right? Right. And so she's like... Very she's much, hungry. she's hungry, and she wants to know what does the Bible say. I'm willing to hear whatever you have to say, and also apply. So that's my first Bible study. My second Bible study is um, one of my childhood friends that I grew up with in Alameda. I've been friends with her for 20 years, um, just through the course of time. Actually, from my last Bible study, um, that one, one of my last Bible studies, it was the same group of friends, all childhood friends. She saw the work that God was doing in his life. Um, that was simultaneous and coincided with stuff that God was doing in her life. And after a year of teaching Bible studies with him, she finally became open to Bible studies. And so she's a business owner in San Jose and doing Bible studies now. So this is kind of good. Prior to, um, would you say that the last two years have been your, probably your most um, uh, active years teaching Bible studies? Yeah, I mean, I think just with school and what whatnot prior and like, starting my career, I taught Bible studies pretty uh, sporadically, not as consistent, but I would say over the last year and a half, two years, it's been weekly. And Leah, I think we talked about this in one of our episodes, but Leah really did just start off within arm's reach. So she reached out first to the people in her immediate circle of friends. Yes, that's, friends. What, it, that's yeah. what it sounds like, is you just you just reached right into the network you already had. Right. So it wasn't like you had to go knock a door. No. And I, I think that's a huge part. This is the truth. A lot of times, young women just have bigger networks. Right. Yeah. It's statistically true that right. they're on social media more. They just, they're just... They have more friends. They have more friends, yeah. you know. Sorry, guys. No, yeah. <laughs> no it's just, so it's, I think that's huge because 
a lot of times you you don't have to go very far. Right. I think if people understand that you don't have to go very far, your you first actually, Bible study is like in your backyard. In yeah. fact, you you don't even have you don't have to reach. You just have to reach into your past, your childhood, like yeah. you said, your high right. school or whatever. So that's awesome. I mean, it does help also that our church is in the city that we grew up in. It's like, yeah. that's my community, right? So you're like, exactly. oh, yeah, let, I'll teach you a Bible study. We can meet at the church. Yeah. And then awesome. familiarity with the church and it's this streamlined process that they they trusted you in so many other aspects of their lives. And now they're trusting you to teach them a Bible study. Yeah. And actually, the first Bible study that Leah taught was pretty incredible. Like, uh, she, how long did the Bible study go for? Eight months. Eight months. Wow. The guy got baptized and he ended up having to move to China for as a job transfer. And right. uh, we still send him stuff. Uh, some of it's kind of covert, but mm -hmm. yeah, but he's still wow. getting Bible studies and we baptized him. I, I, I hit his head pretty hard on the <laughs> on the portable baptistry, but right. he went in the, we, we fit him in the water anyways. It was a really powerful story. So uh, yeah, that's exciting. Leah, what has been your greatest motivation? And getting out there and teaching Bible studies. I mean... What keeps driving you? There's multiple... Um, that question is very uh, multi-layered for me. Go ahead. But Give I us think, a multi-layered answer. <laughs> but I think that the greatest motivation for me is that the level of purpose I felt in teaching Bible study. I felt like it reprioritized my time. I felt like it gave me new direction, new purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's also just addicting to see people like going from yeah. not knowing what the table of contents is on the Bible to just yeah. flipping the pages with so much familiarity and like, but then being able to process and make connections and principles of the Bible at, when at one point their understanding was so fragmented, Yeah. right? And then again, it's like, because I reached into my own community and taught Bible studies with amongst my own friends, there's already a personal investment there. And right, so right. like, there's nothing greater than seeing somebody that you love the most, you know, out of all the people you know in the world, really making God connections and like seeing God move in their lives. So yeah. that's probably my greatest motivator for sure. Wow. Yeah, it's, there's a reason. The, the scriptures say we have we have addicted ourselves yeah to mm -hmm. the yeah, to the ministry mm -hmm. and I, you know people who teach bible studies we say that a lot but until you've actually taught a bible you just won't get it right you really do get a high off of it but right. you just it comes from nothing else right yeah no i would say that's a huge motivating factor um so obviously we're here in the bay area mm -hmm. i think you, you've already alluded to some of these things a lot of our most of our audience is not in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like are some of the the struggles in teaching Bible studies that are unique to Bay, Bay Area, Area that Bay maybe Bay you can Bay. tell the audience about? Um, I think unique to the Bay Area, and I've talked to friends in the South and the Midwest that are apostolic, is in the Bay Area, especially amongst millennials, there is zero biblical literacy. So people don't have any starting point in understanding who God is, what God is, what is the Ten Commandments. You or know? the Table of Contents. Or the yeah. Table of Contents. Yeah, let alone Ten Commandments, the Table the table of Contents. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these Bible studies started with me just giving them a Bible, and it was the first time ever in their life they've ever received a Bible. Wow. Right? So, like, they don't have, they don't know Genesis, they don't know, they don't know Abraham, they don't know anything. So you can't assume any type of knowledge. So you're literally starting from the very beginning saying, these are the languages that the Bible are written. This is what a testament means. This is what, you know, this is the principles that like yeah. God lives by. And, you know, all of those things are starting from the very beginning. But then also, um, I think 
what's also unique to the Bay Area is because there's so much information as well as like sophistication for lack of a better term, people really do want to know how does Christianity look like on the day-to-day level and how does it differ from whoever has the loudest voice on social media. Right. And they so, just have so many misconceptions. Misconceptions. And it, it's almost like, man, I really want to catch one and talk to one. Right. They want. They <laughs> yeah. just want to talk to you. Yeah. Are you... Can I talk to you? Well, I mean, you know, one thing that did happen was, so Leah's been using the Bible study material that we're publishing soon. Right. Um, She's been kind of helping do a a pilot run on it. But we actually didn't get, uh, me and Leah sat down several months after we started teaching these for the first time. And we weren't sure what we were going to come up against as far as like getting out there. Because Leah even went and ran into a few other people and taught Bible studies, one or two, sat down, talked to people. Um, But... One of the things that Leah mentioned that was coming back a lot was, what is my purpose? And then how does this information apply to me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but tagging in on what she said a minute ago, when we designed the, the Bible study material, you've taught it as well. We didn't take anything for granted. We were like, okay, we should show people how to find a chapter and verse. We should tell them what Hebrew and Greek is. We should tell them. So the information, we should tell them where Israel is, you know? Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, not just tell them who Abraham is, but, you know, it's kind of tough telling the story of Abraham, right? Like a guy who almost sacrificed his child. Right. You know, like put him in the Sunday school department, you know, yes. it's just, you know, like. <laughs> right. And it he, was awkward teaching that lesson every time. I it's awkward. That yeah. <laughs> you never, even my wife, like even she mentioned to me how, like, yeah, I never thought about that. Like we tell people that there's this guy who like raised a knife on his kid and we just, yeah. and we. But it's not until somebody stops you, like, what would be the modern application of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that, because uh, it's been interesting to come back and see, actually, what parts of the Bible are actually catching people's okay, attention. Yeah. So you would say that complete biblical illiteracy is probably the biggest challenge. Biggest challenge, and then, then trying to explain, what does Christianity look like? How does it apply to my life? Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, so getting people to actually see like how these things manifest in right. everyday Christian life. Right. Got it. Yeah, you know that's not. Um, it's it's kind of what the past few interviews were. You know, kind of very different in that regard. So this is great, especially for those who maybe are you're listening from another metropolis. Yeah. You know, shout out L.A. You know, New York. D.C. D.C. Atlanta, um, and all the other ones. Why do you think it's important for young people and specifically even young women to be a part of teaching uh, Bible studies and having that aspect of their you know, ministries and lives? Um, I think I alluded to it earlier. I think, like I said, teaching Bible studies for me brought so much purpose into my life. Yeah. And you'll talk to young person after young person and they're like, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't know what my purpose is. And I think Bible studies really just gives you a sense of purpose where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, you're really fulfilling the mission of God, right? Yeah. And to make disciples. And like when you are constantly in the word, teaching the word, explaining the word, and then seeing growth, those questions of like, what is my purpose? Like, what, where should I go? Like, what do I need to do? What does God want of me? Those questions get answered. So I think this is an important conversation and I think you're the, the perfect person to ask because you, you obviously, you're in a field in your career that by, by any 
by any standard is like a very very like prestigious field you know and I think it's important for this to be communicated to all young people that you know we've talked about some of these things before I think it's powerful that you are communicating to young people that you can have a great job and career but it does not fulfill Mm-mm. it does the purpose not, void yeah. the, you can still be void of purpose right and there's a lot of people who who feel that you can somehow f- fill that void of ministry through career mm-hmm. so do you feel like what do you feel like is the balance between those two do you feel like you absolutely need to be involved in the harvest i think you absolutely need to be involved in the yeah. harvest i mean I know I just talked to someone about this recently. I think that there's this false dichotomy. Either mm-hmm. you do ministry or you don't. Exactly. Right? And yeah. I don't think that... And that was a dichotomy that I had to resolve in my own mind. Right. right. We're like, okay, well, I'm never going to be, you know, the missionary in some primitive <laughs> country. So right. We I, think in extremes. Right. Very extremes. Yeah. But you don't realize, like, the harvest is actually in that job that God gave you that, you know, so God will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have, you can make long-term like career decisions if you like, and God will bless that. But Mm -hmm. on the day to day, you still have to seek God and like to do his work on the day to day. And that's what the balance is. Teach that that Bible study on your lunch. Right. And so that's what the balance is, is that you, on the day to day, you have to seek God. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. I like that. Um, this would probably be the closer but um, what do you think would happen for you now and maybe for people like you who are teaching Bible studies if you just stopped, if you just didn't do it anymore? Um, I think that my, again, it goes back to purpose. I think my yeah. life would lose its purpose. I think I would lose that um, confidence of knowing that I'm in the perfect will of God. Um, and you see so many people that just are aimless, you know, they're the, there are statistics, right, from like psychologists and from all kinds of people that can tell you that anybody, whether in church or out of church, that doesn't have purpose, it leads to depression. Yeah, and I, I was just about to say, yeah, yeah, I'm starting to, I'm starting to sense that there's a lightweight. I, I do think it's a different form, but I am starting to see like church depression mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Right, and I see so many people that are in Pentecostal purgatory, right? Because they don't yeah. know oh, where man. they're at oh. and what they're supposed to be doing, but yeah. it's because they don't have purpose. And I see, talk to a young girl after a young man after everyone, and they're like, I don't know what God wants in my life. And it's like, have you taught a Bible study? Like, yeah. Have you done the general will of God? Right. Yeah. Have you done the general will of God? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, I was a little disheartened today. I was on Twitter, and I read a tweet that the person tweeting tried to give um, the essentials of a Christian walk. And I was like shocked to see that in their bullet point tweet, they did not mention discipling or evangelism or teaching Bible studies. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's like a recipe for church depression right there. Pentecostal purgatory. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Or Pentecostal purgatory. And just like not knowing like what you're doing, what you're you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think that just doing the general will of God, which is to make disciples, some might even say that's the only will of God. Yeah. But um, if you're not doing that, there's going to be some sort of emotional, psychological malfunction that takes place. Yeah. Right. And and I do see it happening, especially with people Leah's age. How old are you, by the way? I'm 30. 30. Okay. Yes. <laughs> millennial. Okay. Millennial. I, yeah. I use the M word. Yeah. No. So yeah. So there, I do see it happening more with. Uh, younger people that they are not feeling fulfilled in church and they are 
they they are assuming that somebody like Leah would probably already be done, satisfied, and content because she reached her career goal. Right, and you're saying that's not the case. That's no, not the case. Not yeah, the case. this yeah. is this is this is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you say? Last thing, if you had to give advice to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or someone you would think maybe in a similar position before you started teaching Bible studies, how would you encourage them? You know, knowing that like screaming in their face, teach a Bible study right. wouldn't work. Like, how would you go about encouraging them to get involved in the harvest? How or like, what would I tell them? What would you tell them? I think I would tell them to invest in your spiritual future as much as you invest on your physical future. Yeah. So we make so much time, like, what are you going to do with your life? You know, Mm -hmm. how are you going to go about that? You start at 15, 16, 17, what college are you going to go to? Well, it's like at 25, what do you have to show for God at that point? What are you, what's the fruit of your labors? Wow. What's conviction, you friction, wow. right? And so you have to be just as intentional about finding the will of God and doing the will of God and finding the Bible studies as you are about your conference outfit or like what vacation you're going to go to next or what class you're going to take next. Just be as intentional yeah. about and be as mindful about and the just take that of part God. of your life seriously. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's great advice. Awesome. Wow. That's good advice. Leah Harris, <laughs> the attorney in San Francisco, taking on the world. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. Thank yeah. you. All right. Bye.